What's up, fam? Welcome to Love Alive Church, the podcast, where we exist to help you find family, discover purpose, and change the world. Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. I hope that it's a blessing to you and your family. Let's go. You've got a hand clap of praise. I tell you what, I, I believe that over the last 10 weeks, uh, this has been a season and a time of maturation as a church, that God has been maturing us in many ways. And over the last 10 weeks, if you have been here, your spirit, man, has been developed intensely. Amen. And uh, it's been developed around the understanding of spiritual warfare because it is my objective to not leave this body in a place where you are powerless. Amen. Uh, many times when we there is power in touching and agreeing with somebody, it truly is. The Bible, we know the, the scripture where two or three are gathered there. Am I in the midst? We know that one, you know, put a, you know, you know the scripture. One put a thousand in flight, two put ten thousand, all that. We know what a multitude can do. And all of that is so powerful. And it is the word of God. Amen. But there are some times that when the enemy is strategic in spiritual warfare, that he waits to catch you alone. Because if you only believe that your authority is connected to being with somebody else, then the enemy knows that he can have a field day with you. Because the truth of the matter is that we will all be in moments that we will be by ourselves. And what will you do when the enemy shows up and you are alone? Now, we understand that we're never truly alone because the word of God lets us know that he'll never leave us or forsake us and that he's with us. What? Yes. Yeah, some of y'all reach our Bible. The rest of y'all still trying to get there. Amen. Some of y'all say, well, Pastor, I just got to the Bible verse per day thing. All right. We celebrate you for at least getting a verse in there. Celebrate the verse today, people. Now, some of y'all going to graduate. You know, we're going to get to a chapter a day, maybe a couple of verses. You know, and get some commentary around there. And I mean, really study that thing. Uh, but I want you to know the word of God. And so what we've done over the last 10 weeks is sought to make sure that we remove any level of ignorance that we have to the word of God. Because to the root word of ignorance is ignore. When we are ignorant of something, we've ignored information. Either it hasn't been put in our path or we have not seen how vital the information is, vital enough that we spend time learning it. Amen. And I will tell you, for those of you who haven't been taking notes, you definitely need to go back and listen to the podcast. If you haven't, I would be taking notes because this information is something that's going to come up. If you be honest, some of you have experienced more warfare or at least understood it more because of the information you received over the last 10 weeks. Can somebody be honest in the room? So some of you, because of it, it's like, oh, I understand what's happening with, with this right now. How many of you have started to take authority over your day in the morning? Yeah. I'm getting excited. Okay, we're doing some things. Taking authority over your day before it even begins because when we get deep into our day and the enemy has already beat us up, it's so much harder to take authority when you feel bruised. Not that you can't, but it's a lot easier to rise in the morning and let the devil know how the day is about to go. For those of you who are new, I, I told the church, and I've said this more than once, and I, I, you, this is a good time to get your phone out and actually record me, because some people, I, it never fails that when I do this throughout the week, people start texting me, what's that prayer you pray again in the morning? <laughs> Just record me this time, all right? 
But I pray this prayer when I get up in the morning because I want to make sure that I take authority over the enemy early in the morning. So when I rise, I begin to announce to the enemy. I say I bind up every demonic force that will try to operate in this day. Every strategy, every plot, every attack that was planned against me during my rest, I cancel it now in the name of Jesus. And every plan, every strategy, and every attack that was launched against me while I was sleeping, I cancel it now in the name of Jesus too. And I lose what? Somebody know it. Angels into the atmosphere. What? To war on my behalf over things that I can and cannot see. What I'm letting the devil know is I don't care what you were thinking about, what you were doing, what you tried. It's over now. Night, night, night. And by the way, come on, angels, beat them up for me. You better understand the authority that you have in the spirit realm to war against the enemy. The enemy should not have dominion over you. That's backwards. The word of God lets me know that I have dominion over the enemy. As a matter of fact, when we were placed in the earth, God gave us dominion over everything. So there is nothing that the enemy can do to me that I don't allow. Most of the time when we get in our tail beat, it's because we don't know that we have the ability. We've all seen a fight before that was like mismatch. And then you're confused because you're like, now, how are they beating you up? Because you are definitely bigger and stronger. And this is what happens in the spirit realm when we don't understand the authority that we have. We allow the enemy to intimidate us and make us believe that he's more powerful than us. Then we, we got to have the proper language. I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to jump into this, all right? All right, because I want you to get proper language. You know, I've been talking a lot about binding and loosing, all right? I want you to know this because when you're dealing with the enemy and you're engaging the enemy, I, I tell people this because some people don't know. When you bind the enemy up, right, when you say, I bind you up in the name of Jesus, make sure that you also tell the enemy, and I command you to loose your hold. Come here, Pastor Mike. I want to show you something. I'm going to jump into this. Has this been good over the last 10 weeks? i got to land this plane well, okay? So if I have a hole on Pastor Mike, right, and he binds me up and restricts my movement, I still have a grip in him. So even though I can't do anything else, I still have a hole on him. So that's why he has to also say what? Loose your hole. You understand this? When you're dealing with the enemy, thank you, Pastor Mike. When you're dealing with the enemy, both are important. I don't want you to get confused that we only use the terminology loose to loose what heaven has to do. That's important. We do need to loose heaven into it. So that's why you hear me say, and I loose angels to war on my behalf over things that I can and cannot see. But when I'm engaging with the enemy, I say I bind you up in the name of Jesus. In other words, you have no more authority to operate. And I command you to loose your hope. Amen? Let me jump into this. Y'all catching that? Some of y'all like, man, that's a whole day. I didn't even know. Yeah. We know we've been, we've been operating off this scripture for the last few weeks, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against what? 
evil spirits in the heavenly places. King James Version, I love it, I love it. It says, for we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There is a battle going on every single day. There is a war going on. And let me tell you, just because we enter into the church collectively doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't begin to wage war even when we are in this atmosphere. And that's why it's important for us to be sensitive to the enemy so we know how to take authority. I'll give you an example. So we entered, we had this anointed experience in the nine o'clock last week, got to the 1115. And for those who were here, it was apparent that something had entered the room. There was a freedom and a liberty in the nine o'clock. And normally what that means is an explosive liberty at 1115. And it was not. It was not. When I tell you the enemy was warring, but because of our sensitivity to the spirit, when we got up here and we began to war against the enemy, we broke all that up. And you could actually see how the environment began to shift because of a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes what you think is just an emotion is the enemy fighting. And the enemy gets crafty on Sunday. He gets all crafty. All of a sudden, you get up every other morning. You get up earlier than the time that you get up at church. But on Sunday morning, all of a sudden, you are extra tired. It's like, come on, am I preaching good? Spiritual warfare. You don't see it as warfare, but that's what it is. I don't know what it is. It's just when he gets to Sunday, it's like I'll be extra time. It's spiritual warfare. You've been pushing through all week. You've been good. Sunday. <laughs> I'm not going to be a it today, Pastor. If you know some of the conditions we stand on this stage with and deliver... She's shouting over there because y'all have no idea what Pastor Nicola is currently standing on this stage and going after God with, but there's not excuses when we've been assigned to do something in this body. And <laughs> spiritual warfare. All of a sudden, Sunday come and everything, all, I don't know what it is. It's like I just woke up this morning, I was just in my feelings. I know exactly what it is. It's spiritual warfare, you big stupid. Deal with the enemy and get where you need to go. I ain't gonna lie. Can I just be honest with you? Sometimes I want to do the Bugs Bunny on some of y'all. Who used to watch Bugs Bunny? Remember he used to take that glove off finger by finger? And you knew at the end of that? <laughs> Wake up! <laughs> it is spiritual warfare that you're up against. I want to train you to fight before you fall. Fight before you lay down. I'm not about to give up, devil. I'm about to whip your tail. And I'm about to get back to purpose.
Because I'm not afraid of the devil. God has not given us what? A spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. If you show up over here, devil, you got a battle on your hands. If you show up over here, you're going to be in a war. If you show up in my presence, let's fight. But let me remind you, I ain't lost one yet, and I'm not about to lose. I'm undefeated, so get ready for a TKO. Lord have mercy. <laughs> I get excited when I try to <laughs> remind people of their authority. Because half of the things that you're complaining to your friend about on the phone could be over if you just begin to go to war. I'm not saying there's not power in relationship. When I'm in certain seasons, the people who are around me know there are things that they do to begin to come into my life. They know the things that I might need because even sometimes after you war with the enemy, you might feel exhausted, right? You might have won. I don't want a many fights and was huffing and puffing at the end. I still whipped your tail though. And remember next time, I might be huffing and puffing, but I'll beat you again. That's just for those of y'all who think I'd be playing when I said I used to fight. <laughs> Amen. So I want you to be strong enough because the enemy's job is to get you to a place that you either don't recognize your authority or you don't know how to utilize it properly. I want you to both know the authority and know how to use it. And I want you to be like these people. I've used this scripture every week, but I got to. I know some of it's your first time. When you don't understand spiritual authority, this is what you look like, right? And these guys, <laughs> I believe they look this way because, one, they didn't understand spiritual authority. And I guarantee you when they were observing it, they were probably mocking it. When they first saw it, they were like, it don't take all that. You go to that church to here. They be doing too much. They worship too long. I don't be, I don't take all that. Let's get to the word. We don't need to do all that. Deliverance, what's that? It's in the Bible. What Bible are you reading? They must have just that, that small one, that short one. You know, it just got Psalms in it and a couple. Of... <laughs> but in this scripture, in Acts the 19th chapter, verses 11 through 16, it says, God gave Paul the what? Power to perform unusual miracles. I love this. It says, when handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases. I want to walk with the level of authority that something that touched me, and when it touched me, it was left with something. That if I throw this jacket on you because of the anointing, something that's on me gets onto you. And it's funny because when you see people move like that today, you start thinking it's crazy, but it's all biblical. What is anointing? Anointing is what God instructs somebody to do. I remember one Sunday on Jones Creek, the Lord told me to pray for healing. He said, everybody that need to be healed, they need to touch my hand. I don't know why I don't like to do that. First of all, I don't feel like touching everybody's hand. Some of y'all don't wash y'all hands. Amen. But today, the Lord saved for you to be healed. And somebody bring me some sanitizer at the end of this. Amen. <laughs> ah, right. <laughs> he 
says they were healed of their diseases and what? Evil spirits were expelled. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation saying, I command you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. So they didn't even talk with their authority. You know that, that, that Jesus that Paul was talking about. I don't even know why this scripture have an exclamation point because I know probably because they were trying to be loud. I command you in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches, come out. Seven sons of Sceva leading priests for doing this, but one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, <laughs> I envision a petty evil spirit, right? <laughs> They're just picking at their fingernails. I know Jesus. <laughs> I know Paul too. <laughs> Who are you? Look at you. <laughs> it says, then the man with the evil spirit left on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house, what? Naked and battered. I don't want you in a position that you call yourself going to war with the enemy and you get your tail beat because you don't have enough information, knowledge, authority. All of this is, imp is important. Now, we've gone over what principalities are. By now, you know what principalities are, right? They're the big bosses. They govern regions, territories, families. That's where generational curses come from. It's a principality that sets up in a bloodline or in a territory and begins to occupy it. They're the big boss. They're like the C-suite in the, in the corporate world, right? Big boss. Now, the powers are the frontline supervisors, right? They out there with their clipboard saying, you know, you need to, you over here, you over there, you, they executing strategy. It sounds weird that the rulers of darkness in high places, because when you hear ruler, it sounds like a higher title, but the rulers of darkness in high places are the actual demonic spirits that we are up against. They are being directed by powers. Powers are being directed by principalities. Now, when you get bold in your spiritual warfare, you are able to come up against principalities. And when you war against principalities, you better know that the powers and the rulers of darkness, they all know to get on the war run. Because if you defeat the principality, it takes a collective body to come up against a principality. Now, it can be an anointing through a leader, but a collective body begins to come up. There are principalities in this region that we need to overcome, overtake, overpower. But if we are a church that's sleeping... We're going to see much more of the same. And it really will work if the church body, the big church, not just this church, the big church would learn how to come together to do it. Can I tell you something? Principalities can be defeated at the state capitol. At council meetings. There are times that God plants believers in positions to be able to overturn long-term strategies that have been put in place. Every person that's in the legislature is not there by God. Some of them are on assignment of the enemy and there has to be people that are put in place. Down to the scripture, amen. I want you to know that because sometimes we think that, that, that the enemy is only defeated in these four walls. 
actually more can be done outside of here. God uses this as a place to charge you up. He uses that as a place for you to execute what he has given you. Four more spirits that I have to go through today. We've been going through the 16 demonic spirits that are listed in the word of God, right? Because a lot of times when we end up praying and when we are going against the enemy, what we will speak against are symptoms and not necessarily the actual spirit. So I want you to have the information on the demonic spirit, amen, that you are up against. Now, the first one is seducing spirits. Seducing spirits. Huh? Somebody felt something on that one. Manifestations, hypocritical lies, seared conscience, attractions, fascinations by false prophets, signs and wonders. So things can look and appear to be something that's not the spirit of God. Deception, wandering from the truth, fascination with evil ways, objects or persons, seducers or enticers. What you will find is that the seducing spirit also does not travel alone. I told you the spirit of bondage does not come by itself. The spirit of bondage has to bring something else with because it's there to entangle you with something else. Seducing spirit is there to lure you into something else. So the seducing spirit a lot of times likes to come with the perverse spirit. The seducing spirit a lot of times likes to come with the lying spirit. The seducing spirit a lot of times likes to come with the spirit of divination and familiar spirits. If you have not learned these, please go back. And this is a lot you have to learn. The seducing spirit's job is I want to pull you, lure you into something that is not of God. Seduce is defined as to attract someone to a belief or into a course of action that is inadvisable or foolhardy. I see seducing spirits on Facebook all day. I'm just about sick of Facebook. If it, if it wasn't a tool that the Lord was allowing me and Instagram, if God was not utilizing it to reach people, I'd be off of it because Bugs Bunny. Some of the stuff that people put on there is completely ignorant and foolish. And then they have the nerve to get mad when somebody counters it with truth. No, you are a fool, and we're going to let you know. By weird, it's not going to be me because I cannot be going back and forth with nobody on social media no more. Lord, the evolution that my life has gone through. I used to enjoy being able to articulately come back with a response. But lately, the Lord showed me that it is important. I'm not disputing anybody on social media. I'm going to say my piece, and if you come on my status, you're, we're not going to engage in a back and forth. Actually, I don't have time for it. And that I mean. <laughs> Seducing spirits have one job, which is to lure you into things that don't line up with the word of God. First Timothy 4 and 1 says, now the spirit speak it expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving what? Heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And their job will try to be to convince you that they have discovered a new way. No, you have fallen into foolishness. Because if it does not line up with the word of God, you're not pulling me into it. So if you're telling me your new way that somebody told you, Dr. Such and such and such and such, what does it say in the Bible? Now I'm good with us going through the word of God Studying it, 
The Bible says, study this show that self approved. I'm good with reading 15 different versions of it because I want to get to the deep understanding of it. But when you come to me, understand that you better come with the word and with the proper presentation and interpretation. A seducing spirit showed up. You just look at the devil being by himself when he came to tempt Jesus. A seducing spirit was with him. I want to let you know that all of this can be yours. And the word of God says, the devil came with the word of God. And if you're not mature in the word of God, the enemy will come to you by use of, by way of people who know the Bible better than you. We are the only faith base that I feel don't, don't indoctrinate ourselves enough in the word. All, almost every other religious belief, they make sure from the time that those kids are young, you're going to know exactly what we believe. And that's why they can knock on your door and be bold about their faith. We are some of the most basic believers. I believe in God. What does that mean? I don't know. <sighs> Bugs Bunny. Luke 13, 11, he saw a woman who had been what? Crippled by an evil spirit. She had been, been doubled for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. This woman, this woman that was dealing with this evil spirit had been lured into some things based upon a seducing spirit. So you have to be careful what you allow to pull onto you. First John 4 and 1, I love this. It says, beloved, believe not every spirit. What does the scripture say? But try the spirits whether they what? Are of God because what? Many false prophets are gone out into the world. This is the other thing that is grieving me in this season is that I'm seeing a lot of people rise up and they use the name of God and they actually use titles that are right according to the word of God, but that they have not been assigned to. You on, you on Facebook talking about that you giving out prophetic words and have your cash app attached to it. I can't, I can't even respect it. I'm not paying you for a word. What do what I look like paying you for a word? That's the spirit of divination in you, actually. So when you're dealing with seducing spirits, you must bind up seducing spirits and loose the Holy Spirit and truth. The second one, spirit of what? Antichrist. Spirit of Antichrist. So you'll notice that a lot of the spirits I'm dealing with today are in direct error and contradiction to the, to the way of God, the will of God, and the hand of God. The manifestations, they deny the deity of Christ. Deny atonement against Christ and his teachings. Humanism, worldly speech and actions, teachers of heresies, anti-Christian, deceiver and lawlessness. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist, they'll come up. It doesn't matter how much truth do you give them in the word. They're going to try to come up against it in some kind of way. This spirit seeks to work directly in contradiction to God and to completely deny the existence and power of the true and living God. First Timothy 4 and 3, it says this, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come and even now already is it in the world. This spirit likes to link with the spirit of error, often to accomplish his mission. 
And so what happens is this spirit comes and it teaches you all. Did you I've done all this research. I want to show you. And their research, when you find it's just research that somebody said on Facebook. And they clicked on a link and they read it and it wasn't even a credible source, but because it actually was on the World Wide Web, then it was. So they be, they make it something that's factual. And what I've seen is that that a lot of times when this spirit is in operation, it doesn't matter how much truth you give it. It still seeks to war against the truth that you are giving it. So you can't allow yourself to wrestle too long. You can give truth and move on. Some of that stuff you don't need to be debating. Now, I'm not about to debate you all day. I'm not doing it at all. Now, you may choose to get in debates. I don't have the time for it. So I'm going to state my piece, and I'm moving on. That's where I am in my life. And I ain't going back and forth with you. Amen. When we're dealing with the spirit of Antichrist... We have to bind the spirit of Antichrist and loose the spirit of truth. So we want truth to come up against because the spirit of Antichrist, not only does it operate with the spirit of error, it also generally operates with the lying spirit and the spirit of divination. A lot of times it's intertwined with that. If you don't learn nothing else, definitely, definitely learn about the next one I'm about to get into. But, but study the spirit of divination. I was telling this to my armor bearers this morning. I was like, because of a prophetic call that I have and apostolic call, you can almost guarantee that the spirit of divination will try to show up in this place over and over again. I am aware that people that actively practice witchcraft will try to come into this place because the prophetic anointing and that level of power is what they really want access to. And so when they are practicing witchcraft is that I want access to a power that defies the power of God. But what they don't know is when you come up in here, what's going to happen is you're going to get free or. Because you're definitely going to be in line when you come in here. So either you're going to get free or. If you try me, anything that you try to launch against me, you know how that ricochet thing go? You know how boomerangs work? That thing come, oh, right back around to you. Oh, I'm announcing it. I'm really bold with it. I wish one would. I wish a, I wish a witch would try it. You're going to be like, all of a sudden, I was just sick. Yes, you are, because you thought you was going to put that on me. And it came back to you. So what we can do now is get you free. But this is not a battle that you're gonna win. Try it with me. I recognize the authority that I have. It's too much stuff that you all are afraid of that you shouldn't be scared of. I'm not scared of the enemy, really? Okay. I wish a witch would. Next one, spirit of error. Spirit of error, manifestations, error, unsubmissive, false doctrines, unteachable, servant of corruption, contentions, defensive, argumentative. I see this one all the time. Defends God's revelations to them personally. New age movement. Brand new Bible, basically. The spirit of error is the leader of rebellion with the intent to overthrow authority and not be in submission to truth. 
This spirit seeks to create its own viewpoints and will completely overlook what God has said to create systems and structure that caters to its personal needs. This is the number one spirit on the right. It is literally running through an entire generation right now. And that generation is mine. But I'm going to be a spiritual leader that is going to stand up and say, it is error. I'm telling you, this has been the number one strategy in my generation. Because by nature, I'm just going to call. I know y'all don't like when I said, I really don't care. I'm going to go home and I'm going to sleep well. Amen. But, the, but our generation doesn't like to be submitted to authority. And that natural desire to be rebellious has opened you up. One of the greatest ways to overcome the spirit of error is get yourself in a place of submission. Allow yourself to be told, you are wrong, go sit down. I'm in a season of correction. I'm going to tell y'all I'm not. All right, I'm in a season of correction and I'm not really going to be that careful with your feelings in this season because I'm in a season of maturing people. And what I found is that when I coochie-coo you, you still do the same things. So we're going to catch some whippings and we're going to grow up in this season. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm sorry, you can go to your friend to cry about it. I'm going to correct you and release you to go do what you got to do with it. But in this season, I'm not playing with foolishness. And I don't care who you are. And I said what I said. Ask my wife. I love that. I love, love, love her. In this season, I have certain things, I'm like, I oh, know, I'm going to correct that right now. We're going to get this. That's where I am right, with it right now. So if you are ultra-sensitive and hypersensitive in this season, you're going to grow up. Because I'm not going to be bound catering to your feelings. And I'm not going to be stagnant so that you can hold back your tears. You are going to grow up. Judges, the second chapter, verses 10 through 14. I got to get through this. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them, and they angered the Lord. They abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Ashtoreth. This is what I see rising in our generation now. In 1 John 4 and 6, it says, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God hear not us. Hereby we, the spirit of truth, and what? The spirit of error. error. So when you're dealing with the spirit of error, you have to know how to bind up the spirit of error and loose what? The spirit of truth. Here's the final one. The spirit of death. One of the biggest manifestations that we see here is suicide attempt. The spirit of death comes to prematurely end life. Understand when the spirit of death is in operation, it is to prematurely end a life outside of God's design for that person's purpose. When working alone, it most routinely shows up by way of suicide. When working with others, a lot of times it shows up with the jealous spirit, often to create an atmosphere for murder. 
So the spirit of death either joins in with something else that's contentious because it wants to create the appetite for murder. Sometimes the spirit of bondage is, is with it, right? Or when it's working alone, then what it's there to do is to convince. A lot of times it's working with the spirit of heaviness and the lying spirit to convince somebody that to end their life prematurely. Amen? And this is a demonic spirit. Now, I, I never discount the mental health component. Y'all know I'm very big on that. All right. But I want to show you the spiritual aspect of it as well. And that's why I love dealing with uh, mental health experts who also know the word of God, because they can be a bridge between the two. They know how to deal with the, what's happening in the natural. But they also know the spiritual warfare component so that the warfare goes hand in hand. First Corinthians 15 and 26, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So when you're dealing with the spirit of death, you have to know how to bind the spirit of death, loose the spirit of life, love, joy, peace in the Holy Ghost. Amen. How was this over the last 10 weeks? Did you learn something? Stand your feet all over this place.